Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, welcome back. This is Kate Richardson. I'm a registered dietitian, if you don't know me. And today we are talking about three myths around GLP-1 medications. Weight loss injections like Ozempic, Monjaro, Semaglutide. And before we talk about these myths, I want to make it crystal clear that I am not anti-semaglutide and I'm not pro-semaglutide. I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm still forming an opinion. And like with all approaches to weight loss, whether it's fasting, whether it's a vegan diet, whether it's weightlifting or cardio, there's so much gray area uh, in these different approaches to health and weight loss. We'll just specifically talk about weight loss. And sometimes what works for person A is not the right choice for person B. Um, And then maybe in the future, it's the right choice for person C. But right now, it's not the best time because of X, Y, Z. Sorry, I didn't mean to just spell out the whole alphabet for you guys. But my whole point is I am seeing these weight loss medications really positively impact people right now. I don't know what it's going to be like in two years for them. And I'm also seeing people have a terrible time. And I'm also sitting with people in our office here who are on a weight loss journey, contemplating, should they go on a medication? Should they go on a weight loss injection? They're seeing somebody at their office go on it. And then they're seeing their experience and absorbing it and wondering if they should go on it as well. And it's just a very interesting, interesting place in uh, (laughs) pharmaceutical advancements. So just to be clear, while I'm going to go over some myths, I'm going to go over my own opinions. I do not have a solid opinion right now on whether I think these are good or bad. And I'll be honest with you, I probably won't ever think they are simply good or bad. My brain just doesn't work that way. I find the gray area and nuance in everything. Let's get into the myths. Myth number one is that if you are taking a GLP-1 medication, like Ozempic, that you can just eat whatever you want and lose weight. This is not true uh, because it sounds too good to be true. <laughs> and then that's that's the, the reality of this. If something is too good to be true, it's probably not. So let's talk about how semaglutide works. Semaglutide, which is that active ingredient in Ozempic, Monjaro, it slows down your gastric emptying, so the rate at which your stomach releases food into your small intestines. That's why you feel full for a really long time and you consume less calories overall because you're full. If you talk to someone on the medication, they'll tell you that they don't hear quote-unquote food noise anymore. They're not thinking about food. Their old habits of snacking between meals goes away 
And that's because they're full and their brain is not telling them to go seek out food. So if you're eating whatever you want, even in smaller portions than you were before, and it's a very calorically dense food like pizza, donuts, greasy burgers, and french fries, you're still absorbing these calories. They're still going into your body. So you're going to eat perhaps in a bigger surplus than you would like. And then on top of the delayed gastric emptying, you may also feel more side effects such as nausea, vomiting, digestive issues, even with these reduced portions of fast food, junk food. So what I mean by that, if it's a crappy food, you're still not going to feel good. And because these medications already put you at a risk of digestive concerns, this just might add fuel to the fire. So you still have to learn how to eat healthy. And the thing about these medications is they can be a tool that helps motivate you to want to eat healthy because you're less tempted by the junk food. But I would tell you that if you have never tried to eat healthy or if you have only done like restrictive fads that never really taught you what healthy eating was, they just told you to, I don't know, count calories or restrict certain food groups, then maybe you don't really know how to eat healthy and it's worth giving that a shot before going on the medication. And then if you're on the medication, really practicing that so you don't feel awful and you get the results that you want. Myth number two is that the faster you lose weight on a medication like Ozempic, the better the drug is working. And no, this is not true at all. I am much, much, much happier when my clients who are on some kind of semaglutide are losing between half a pound and two pounds a week. Yes, you heard me right, half a pound, because there are so many little fluctuations that can happen. Half a pound is just fine if they're working towards weight loss. Of course, there's a huge difference between men and women and the rate at which they are more likely to lose weight. Almost all of my male clients who have been on some kind of semaglutide have lost weight at a pretty consistent rate. Now, I will tell you that two of them have gone off the medication and regained weight. This is just from my small pool of people, but they have regained some, if not all of the weight within a year and a half. Womp womp. Um, but that could be due for, to a few reasons. Um, while rapid weight loss is very, very tempting, it's not healthy. It puts you at a risk for losing precious, precious, precious metabolically active muscle tissue. And it's important to know it is a lot harder and you have to work a lot harder for a lot longer to put on muscle than you have to work to put on fat. For many of us who are even interested in taking a weight loss medication, putting on fat's probably pretty easy for you. <laughs> I know that my body is much more prone to put on body fat than muscle. I have to work really hard to build muscle tissue. I have to eat a ton of protein. I have to work out consistently. I have to lift heavy. It's way easier to put on fat than muscle. So when you're losing a lot of weight, your body's going to likely pull from that muscle store, not just fat stores. And so trying to make up that muscle mass is a lot of work. Now, if you're working with a dietitian and you're on something like Ozempic, we're going to make sure that you are eating enough protein to maintain the muscle that you have. I would be if somebody came in and told me they wanted to build muscle while they were on semaglutide, I'd tell them, no way, not right now, not even close. Um, we'd maybe want to titrate the dose down or maybe get them to closer to their goal weight before we start bulking. I think it would be really hard to eat a lot more food and a lot more protein to put on muscle while on a weight loss medication. So if that's in your future plans where you want to build a lot of muscle, semaglutide may not be the right 
tool for you uh, long term. And I know a lot of doctors want their patients to be on semaglutide for the long haul for life. And if you're listening to this and you are like, I don't care about muscle, I just don't care. Uh, you should, <laughs> you should care about muscle big time. Putting on muscle mass is more than just being strong. Like if you don't care about being able to squat your body weight, me neither. I don't care about that anymore. But putting on muscle helps you function. It is known as the organ of longevity. So living a long functional life, that is so key. What's the point of living to 90 if you feel awful and you can't do anything because you have no muscle mass, you have no skeletal muscle mass to help you do things. Once we turn 30 years old, our muscle mass starts to decrease rapidly and more rapidly decade after decade. And that sucks. You have to work really hard to put muscle on after you turn 30. If you want to have good posture, if you want to have that um, toned look, you got to put on muscle tissue. It's just very important. The last thing you want to be is in your old age, maybe you're skinny or you're thin, but you're weak and you can't lift things. And then, you know, you go through menopause or you hit a certain age where your testosterone isn't being secreted the same way it used to. And you're putting on more body fat easier. And then it's even harder to build muscle tissue. You just put yourself in a pickle. So being proactive and building a lot of muscle tissue is very, very important when you're at any stage of life. But it is easier before 30 years old. So this is not to say that you shouldn't take Ozempic because you're afraid of losing muscle mass. It just means if you choose to take this drug, you need to maintain eating enough protein, enough calories to maintain your current muscle tissue. And that means you're not going to lose a ton of weight really quickly. And I promise that's a good thing. So if I still haven't convinced you that muscle is important, another reason that rapid weight loss is a negative thing, and I'm talking like three plus pounds per week that you're losing, um, Eh, you know what, let me retract that statement because there are people who are living in quite large bodies. They are able to lose a little bit more weight quicker um, and still maintain it. However, I still don't like to see people lose too much weight too quickly because that signals to me that is going to slow down their metabolism. So when you start feeding your body way less calories than it's used to, Let's just say your body was used to eating 3,000 calories a day, and now you're on Ozempic and you're only eating 800 calories a day. You're going to lose a lot of weight really quickly, but eventually your body learns that something is wrong and it slows down your metabolism so that you don't die. And then you just hit this plateau and you stop losing weight. And that usually is going to happen sooner than you want to because you sprinted out the gate too quickly and then your body was like, whoa, whoa, hold your horses. We need to slow down your metabolism so you don't wither away into nothing. The only people that can go past this are people who have anorexia, which is unfortunately a mental disease and the deadliest mental disease, eating disorders. So let's say that you lose a lot of weight really, really quickly, your metabolism slows down, and for whatever reason, you stop taking the medication. Maybe your insurance doesn't cover it anymore, you switch jobs, you can't afford it, it's unavailable, there are shortages everywhere, or you decide that you're happy where you are and you want to go off the medication. You are more at risk to regain that weight and more. 
because your metabolism has slowed down and now you've stripped away the appetite suppressant. So you're no longer eating 800, you're eating 2,500 calories, which is a perfectly normal amount. And you rack up a bunch of pounds and then you gain more than you had even, uh, you gain more than you were when you started. And that sucks because then you just spent all this money and time on a weight loss injection just to regain the weight. So by slow and steady weight loss, you are less likely to regain the weight. This means you have to use some self-control because I know it's very easy when you don't have an appetite to be kind of like excited about it and not eat all day and only eat 800 calories and drop a pound every single day. Like I get the temptation, but you are digging yourself into a hole, my friend. Myth number three is that Ozempic is great for short-term results like weddings, vacations, getting your body back after having a baby. No, this is not a good thing. Uh, I really, really freak out with this medication when I hear about individuals who are already relatively lean or at a healthy weight or even just slightly overweight, like in that overweight BMI range. I know... BMI is not a good measure of health, weight, or size, but come on, if somebody with a BMI of 26 is taking Ozempic, they're really not, they're just not their personal preference. And if they're trying to lose 10, 15, 20 pounds to look hot, then this is, this is bad news bears. Um, It's important to know that the people who were studied in the trials for Ozempic were obese or had type 2 diabetes. They were not of healthy weight. So we don't know what happens to people who take this medications with healthy weights. I actually had a client tell me a story the other day about her coworker who was already a petite lean person, but she wanted to get it back to her pre-wedding weight of, I can't remember, I think she said like 120 pounds after having two kids and she had gained some baby weight, which is very normal, by the way, that's what happens. And while I understand that, you know, she wanted to look like she did on her wedding day Um, that's not necessarily healthy, nor is it sustainable. And she could probably get close if she modified her diet. Maybe she started putting on some muscle, focused on different goals that would help her look and feel confident. But she decided to take the medication just to lose, I don't remember how it was, but it wasn't over 20 pounds. And she got to that weight. And she will probably go off of it one day. And who knows what's going to happen when she goes off the medication. Uh, If I was a betting woman, I would say she's probably going to regain all the weight she lost and then some and be in even a worse position mentally, right? Physically, that's subjective to the person, but mentally she's going to be in a worse place and she's never going to resolve her body dysmorphia because that's what it sounds like. Uh, If I were her... um, husband or if I was her spouse, (laughs) not that I'd be her husband, Um, but if I was her spouse, I would have encouraged her to maybe look at lifestyle modifications first before jumping on a medication like Ozempic. Women like her who are already of a healthy body weight, again, are going to be at risk for losing that muscle mass um, and Who knows the other health risks associated with the medication? I think we all are aware that it's a new medication, which means there are new risks. There is an increased risk for pancreatitis and thyroid cancer, and of course, a whole mess of digestive concerns like nausea, vomiting, diarrhea. And that's not to necessarily tell someone 
not to take the medication because if I were to empathize with somebody in a 275 pound body where I felt tired and my joints hurt and I wasn't able to live a full life, I might be willing to, I think I would personally be willing to risk some of those things. But as, as my weight now, a healthy weight now, no freaking way. You know, when I have my baby and I'm, you know, getting back into my healthy lifestyle, I don't want to rush things and I don't want to risk pancreatitis, which is an awful condition, by the way. And I don't want to risk digestive concerns and I don't want to risk losing muscle mass and slowing down my metabolism to lose 10, 15, 20 pounds quickly. It's just that to me isn't worth it. And so my whole point is you have to think about where you are and figure out is the risk worth the reward. And I preach body autonomy. I think people have a right to decide if their risk is worth their reward. It's not me to tell them yes or no. But I do think that before anyone goes on the medication, they should be speaking to a dietitian or a mental health therapist or their doctor if they suspect they have some kind of body dysmorphia. If you have this like desperation to look how you did in high school or college or at your wedding and you would do anything to look that way and it only means losing 10 to 20, maybe 30 pounds, I don't know. If you were my friend, I would really question it and say, is this worth it? Is the risk worth it? Is the financial investment, the possible risk to your metabolism, all these other unknown health side effects, is it worth it? I don't know. I also know that some people like aren't ready to hear anything else. Like as somebody who used to be overweight, I don't know if at that time, if the medication was available or accessible to me, if I would have been able to see past the short-term reward. And that's just being honest. I mean, I was 20 at the time. (laughs) So I think a lot of us were giving into instant gratification in in our younger years. But if I was in that body now, no freaking way. No freaking way. I would take the medication personally. But I empathize with people who do. And I understand it. So the best case scenario that I see with a few clients who have been taking the medication is slow and steady weight loss, one to two pounds a week. They were already living a healthy lifestyle. So the three that I can think of off the top of my head had been seeing me before they went on the medication, lost between eight and 30 pounds. And then got on the medication because they were curious, wanted to try it, continued to see some weight loss and do plan on coming off the medication and have already chatted with me about how they're going to do it healthily and what to expect. And I even had one client say that she does expect to probably regain a few pounds and she knows that's normal and she's mentally prepared for that. And I think that's great. I think that is the best case scenario for someone who's going to use the medication Um, I also think a great scenario that I had with another guy who met with me right when he started taking the medication. He had quite a bit of weight to lose. He was living in a a very large body. His BMI classified him as obese class two, and it really did help him get motivated to live a healthy lifestyle. And it's changed a lot of his habits, specifically with exercise. And we've been talking about the importance of protein. So if and when he decides to go off the medication, he's going to be in a better position than somebody who doesn't. The other person I think this medication would be really great for is the person it was originally developed for, which is 
people who have type 2 diabetes. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If you have type 2 diabetes, you're at risk for insulin resistance. It takes a lot of time and work to reverse insulin resistance, and it can be done with diet and exercise. We do it all the time, especially with women who have PCOS or just mildly elevated insulin resistance. It's We can do it with diet and exercise. You don't need a medication to reverse it. But some people's hemoglobin A1C is just so high that there's a sense of urgency and their insulin resistance is so in the tank that there is a sense of urgency of like, oh, we need to fix this stat. Otherwise, who knows what's going to happen? So I think the medication is a great jumpstart for them. Um, and then, you know, the, the the doctors I've talked to for those people, they treat Ozempic like a medication for a disease. So these doctors are seeing type 2 diabetes and obesity as a disease that needs to be treated with lifelong medication. And I'm not a doctor, so I can't have an opinion about that. I don't, I don't know. I understand that if someone has a disease, taking a medication that would reduce the disease and the side effects that come along with the disease sounds perfectly reasonable. So for a person who isn't at risk for these diseases, who just wants to lose 10 or 20 pounds because they're already at a relatively healthy weight and they just don't want to do a healthy lifestyle, they don't want to take a slow and steady approach, I got to say I'm not a fan. Anyway, those are the three myths about Ozempic that I wanted to talk about today. There are always going to be more floating around. I just narrowed it down to these three. If you have any questions or if you are currently taking a medication and you want to work with a dietitian, please visit our website. It's linked below, nutritionawareness.com. I specialize in helping people with weight management. And I'm having a lot of people right now who are on the weight loss injection, thinking about the weight loss injection, and transitioning off the weight loss injection who want to meet with a dietitian, make sure that they get long-term sustainable results the healthy way. So if that's you, you're not looking to do this really quickly in two months and then jump off the medication, uh, I'm your girl. Reach out to us, uh, nutritionawareness.com and on Instagram, nutrition.awareness. Thanks, guys.